This episode is brought to you by the new D9 Business Directory. Shop Greek-owned brands from a variety of categories. And if you are Greek, author, or business owner, add your profile today at d9business.com. Honoring those trailblazers who preceded us is just as important as leaving a legacy for those who will follow us. Greekly Speaking is about highlighting Greeks today who are creating positive change for tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, welcome to Greekly Speaking. I'm Eric Tucker, and joining me for this episode is Brother John Lamoth of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Brother Lamoth was initiated in the Musata chapter of Phi Beta Sigma in 1988 on the New Brunswick campus of Rutgers University. He was born in Zaire, Central Africa, he spent time in Haiti before moving to the U.S. at eight years of age. While at Rutgers, he triple majored in political science, African studies, and philosophy. He recently retired as an assistant director of the Department of Labor for New Jersey after 30 years. He's also served several leadership positions in Phi Beta Sigma, including Eastern Regional Director of Education, International Director of Education, as well as international vice president. And he is currently a candidate for the position of international president. Brother John Lamont, thank you for joining us on Greekly Speaking. How are you doing today? I am doing great, Brother Tucker, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, the pleasure is all ours. Based on all the content we've been seeing on social media, we know that you guys are putting in work in your camp and, and trying to get all the messages out there as far as what we as fraternity brothers should be focusing on. And, and we appreciate you just for contributing to all that good content, man. So how's everything going so far for you today? Oh, everything is great. Just, just excited about, you know, being on this side of the, on the earth and, and having an opportunity to, to just kind of like share, you know, enjoy life and being here on the show. So I'm really ready to get into this uh, interview and have a good conversation. <laughs> I love it, man. I, and I agree with you 100%, man, in the pandemic era, any day above ground, man. I, I, I wish we can give the pandemic a vaccination and then just get this all over with. Let's focus on that. But we're going to be learning a lot about some of your initiatives and some of the work you've done in the past. But first, as we do on Greekly Speaking, let's learn a little bit about your Greek background. Did you have any Greek influences in your life coming up? Coming up, I did not. You know, being first generation, coming from the islands, there was no Greek influence. So going to Rutgers, being exposed to Greek life for the first time, you know, I actually had to convince my parents why it was important for me to join a fraternity because uh, from their perspective, I was only going to college to get an education, to get a degree. So I had to kind of explain to them the value of being a member of fraternity. And, and uh, so I introduced Greek life uh, to everybody that came after me and my family. <laughs> what was it about Phi Beta Sigma that attracted you to that chapter and to the organization as a whole? Yeah, so quite candidly, you know, I, I have four siblings, all women, all sisters, and, and I was the only male. So I came to college saying I wanted to find me some brothers, okay? <laughs> they wouldn't be blood brothers. I wanted to find some brothers. So I know when to join a fraternity. And uh, back then, interest meetings were called smokers. So I started going to the fraternity smokers. And I went to the IOTA smoker first. Uh, and I went to the alpha smoker second. And the third smoker I attended was the Phi Beta Sigma smoker. 
And after that smoke, I said, there's no need for me to go to any other smokers because I just felt that at that time, Sigma was calling my name. You know, I, I saw the different personalities of the brothers that spoke at the smoker. And I said, hey, I don't have to fit into any type of image or stereotype. So Sigma was for me. And, and I made my decision at that time that I was going to become a member of, of Phi Beta Sigma, join the Squires Club, which is men interested in becoming Sigma. So that first semester freshman year, there was about 25 of us that were in the Squires Club. I, I was a president of that Squires Club. And then the following semester, out of that 25, 10 of us, you know, had the grades and the, and the money to actually start a pledge process. So <laughs> spring 88 was my indoctrination into Phi Beta Sigma. I love that word, indoctrination. 88, that's old school, man. That, that's one word for it. But that's awesome. So so what was that experience like? What was the name of your line? So my line name was called the Dream Merchants. And, and, and there were 10 of us on the line. And we, we, you know, as you know, when line developed certain characteristics. And as a line, we were very creative in our storytelling, right? So when it came time to, you know, making brothers laugh and, and just kind of lighten the mood from other activities, Every one of us had the ability to tell a funny story and a great story. So they called us as a line, the dream merchants. And what was your line name? So my line name was Cool Breeze, right? So I was number five of 10 in the middle of the line. And again, I was the line president of, of my pledge class, but I was so mellow online. Like, you know, whatever was going on, it was high intensity, low intensity, medium intensity. My, my demeanor was like, whatever has to happen, let's get it done. So the big brothers at the time gave me the line named Cool Breeze. <laughs> okay, Cool Breeze. <laughs> so what kind of uh, community service projects were you guys known for? Well, I, on campus, we did a lot of work with elementary schools and middle schools. Like we, we had the Paul Robeson School literally right off campus. Uh, a lot of the brothers did tutoring. You know, students that needed help with math and sciences and even reading. My chapter was well known for that. We were actually recognized by the university for the work that we did. By the time I was a senior, we were mentoring three different elementary schools because we had about 35, you know, brothers on the yard. You know, 35 young Sigma men at a PWI, predominantly white institution, was pretty impressive. And, and we had impact because we did a lot of mentoring. And we did programs with a lot of the white fraternities. You know, they all had the houses. We didn't have a house. So we were going to their, to their frat houses and had joint functions you know, awareness issues. So, so that was a, a really good experience too for both their fraternities as well as Phi Beta Sigma because we got a chance to really get to know what they did and, and they got a chance to kind of learn a little bit about our, about our culture. Well, that's definitely one way to grow as a unit, right? Is, is by collaborating and stepping outside your own zone, so to speak, and, and being able to, you know, get exposure to, to other ideas and concepts. So, I mean, you are a triple major <laughs> you had yeah. time to, to study and handle your frat business as well. Why were you so driven and how has that impacted your life today? Well, you know, that, that's a great question. I always give everything, you know, first to God, you know, giving me the strength and, and, and staying motivated. But second after God, it's got to be my parents, you know, both my parents, educators. You know, my father wasn't, he was in Central Africa. He taught in Canada. He taught in, in, in New Jersey. So education was a priority in my family. And I learned that very early on. I also learned that we have to be able to provide support, you know, and uh, services for those who, who are in more need than us. So I learned that at home. And, and it, that carried over to when I became a student at Rutgers University. So it kept me focused, kept me driven from home through my collegiate experience and beyond. 
obviously you, you've got a pattern of, of community service and outreach, and you've also worked on various levels within the fraternity. Just share with us briefly, what was it like going from that local chapter level to working on the regional levels as well as the international levels within the organization? Actually, it was very uh, eye-opening because I really did not have any interest of serving on a regional level. I've always been like very like adamant about, you know, all impact is starts locally. And if you really focus in on trying to create real change locally, then you're doing something. And, and it was a brother, a, a mentor, like shout out to brother Keith West, who came to me and said, hey man, I love your energy. You're a positive brother, been doing some great things at the chapter level, at the state level. You need to consider running for a, a regional position. And, and at that time in 2006, I was like, I just wanna focus you know, on, on local. And he said, no, you're the type of brother that the fraternity needs. So he actually got me to run my first campaign on a regional level. So again, Good, bad, or indifferent, that goes to Keith West. <laughs> you know, uh, I started noticing, listen, I can make an impact on a regional level. <laughs> you know, so, so I did four years. And because I, for me, it's really about, you know, providing support for our brothers and providing support for our, for our communities. So, so and, and that's, that's who I am at, at the very core. And once I noticed that I was able to provide some real impact in programs and initiatives at the regional level, I said, let me try doing something at the international level. Hence, why I kept progressing, you know, up the ladder in Five Eight Sigma, doing some work, you know, at multiple levels of the organization. I'm just taking a peek at some of your noteworthy accomplishments, and one thing that strikes me is the charting of a school in, in Ghana, West Africa. I mean, that had to be a very fulfilling experience. Oh, amazing, incredible experience! You know, first of all, I was born on the continent of Africa, so so that was very you know, personal to me. You know, my daughter's name is Zaira because I was born in Zaire, right? When that concept first evolved, you know, I, I wasn't on the general board and the previous administration talked about creating an opportunity for Phi Beta Sigma to be on the continent. Then I got elected to the general board as an international director of education. And I said, for the president, let me have this project because I really want Phi Beta Sigma to be the first, and we're still the only D9 organization that has, you know, a school on the continent of Africa. So our school, the Phi Beta Sigma Vocational Technical School, is, is the pride and joy, I think, of all, you know, all men of Sigma should be very proud of the fact that we opened a school that's teaching young students, you know, technical skills, you know, uh, giving them the opportunity, you know, to have like a trade to earn an honest living. So very excited about that, man. Uh, it was just amazing to go over there and open the school, have the ceremony and see those children be real appreciative. So uh, yeah, shout out to, to all those that had the idea and the concept and administration under President Mason who poured money into it, you know, and all the brothers that were involved with the process. But as the international director of education, I facilitated that process. Talk to me about chartering activity that took place in Canada. What was that about? Brother Tucker, you've done your work. You've done your work. <laughs> hey, so. hey, I'm just doing research. You did the work. I, I'm just, I'm just, just looking at points of interest, and I'm thinking, man, this, this is great because it represents a such a diverse set of experiences when you're dealing with people from different mindsets, cultures, and so forth, all on board with that common cause of Phi Beta Sigma. So I'd be curious to know how did that come about. Well, you know, it's interesting you, you use the term culture because 
my upbringing being, you know, I was born on the continent of Africa. I went to, to Haiti for eight years. Then I came to the States. So my thinking and, and concept has always been global on everything that I do. So I actually had talked, you know, to the international president about, okay, let's look at other opportunities. And brother Nolan Fontaine, shout out to him, who's the current chapter president in Canada. He had the same contest. He was made in Philadelphia, New Sigma chapter, moved and is pursuing his graduate uh, PhD over in Toronto. So he got a couple of brothers over there who were interested in starting a chapter. So they reached out to me. I said, let's do it. Let's establish a chapter, international chapter. Anytime you have an opportunity to bring Sigma to different communities, we got to go for it. As long as the interest there, as long as there's a need there, right? And those brothers worked really hard. And, and as the vice president at the time, in 2019, I did everything that I could within my efforts in terms of providing resources, support, you know, ideas to ensure that we chartered a chapter in Toronto, Canada. So under my tenure as vice president, we were able to, to charter a chapter, you know, in Toronto. And those brothers are thriving, doing great work in the community. And, and we want to continue to provide them the support that they need to continue to thrive in Toronto, Canada. That's great, man. Building a legacy, you know, mm -hmm. witnessing a legacy being built. That's a privilege and an honor. You know, for me, it's not about self-elevation or promotion, but what can I do as a brother, as a member to elevate Phi Beta Sigma? You know, what can I do as a leader in Phi Beta Sigma to elevate my brothers, you know, to elevate our chapters, to elevate our, you know, the states and, and the regions that Phi Beta Sigma is at. And I think, you know, because of that, I'm, I'm supremely driven to ensure that Phi Beta Sigma is always in a good place, you know, and while we're in a good place, how do we get to a better place? Why do we get to a great place? Talk to us about Sigma Forward. Where did that concept come from? And what is it about that concept that you would want to share with the brothers in the audience? Absolutely. So for me, you know, we have a notable brother, you know, President Kwame Nkrumah, you know, who would always say in his country, in Ghana, always forward, never backward. And when I went to Ghana to open the school, we visited the mausoleum and that phrase was, is posted everywhere. And that stayed with me in 2013, you know, always forward, never backward. And, and I just feel like as an individual, as a collective people, as organizations, that's what we really need to be focused on always going in a positive direction. And I thought that would be like a real great message for this platform to really talk about Sigma moving forward. That we really have to be progressive in our thinking, you know, in an, and in our actions, forward thinking and forward acting in all that we do. And if we really condition ourselves to be thinking forward, to be acting forward, we're going to grow as individuals, we're going to grow as an organization, and we certainly are going to be able to help our communities grow as well. So that is the concept behind, you know, the, the platform Sigma Forward. What would you say to that set of brothers, that population that haven't quite been connected on various levels? What's the key to getting them reengaged? Well, again, that, that is a, a challenge that I think all the experience, and particularly the fraternities, you know, uh, a lot of the sororities, they, once they become members, they, they stay connected, they stay financial, they stay active, not so much on the fraternity side. So that's a challenge that we all experience, but specifically within Phi Beta Sigma, I, I think the key is, is telling these brothers that we need them. 
You know, we, we need them. Our communities need them. You know, the organization needs them. There's a lot of, of, of you know, there's a lot of things happening, you know, in our communities. And, and I always tell brothers who are financial and active, don't bring a brother back just for the sake of increasing the numbers in your chapter, right? You really want to bring the brother back because there's a lot of work to be done in our respective communities. And I think, you know, that's how we have to appeal to our, you know, to our non-active brothers, that we want them and we need them to get the work done that's in our communities. You know, the other part is, you know, sometimes even these brothers that aren't necessarily active with the organization, they still stay connected, you know, with their line brothers, with their sands, with brothers that made them, with brothers that they made. So there's still a, a connection with the organization. So we got to use those brothers that, that they're connected with that are active, you know, because at the end of the day, it's relationships that keep people connected and grounded. So I always say, listen, you know, reach out to your line brothers, reach out to brothers that you made, reach out to brothers that, that you came into the organization. They want to hear your voice as opposed to somebody they don't know to try to bring them back into the organization. But an interesting statistic is that, you know, we've got about nearly 50,000 brothers that are connected to our blueprint, but yet they're not, you know, active with the organization. So we need to have a, a strategic plan to address those 50,000 brothers, right? How are we going to break that up to ensure that somebody's reaching out to them to try to bring them back? You know, when I was vice president, you know, I, I developed a program called Bring Them Back, you know, and we utilized retired like athletes. It was primarily football players to, to create a little video a promo say, hey, we need you. You know, we want you to come back to Five Beta Sigma. And that helped reclaim brothers and bring them back to the organization. We need to do creative and innovative things like that to try to bring our brothers back that have kind of, you know, lost their way in Sigma. But but I think, you know, the, the key is ensuring, you know, let them know why we want them to come back. But what keeps us all together, Brother Tucker, is, you know, our first principle, brotherhood, you know, the fellowship. You know, everybody loves the fellowship of the organization. So we also have to incorporate that into our conversation when we say, hey, I need you to, you know, one, you're my brother, you know, let, let's, let's continue to grow our relationship, but we need you to help us in our communities. So I think those are some great talking points with respect to trying to bring brothers back to, to where they need to be in Phi Beta City. How would your line brothers describe you? <laughs> I got to shake you up a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I would say bossy, maybe, because I was the line president, right? And some would probably say nerdy. I was also very studious. You know, I was like, yo, you got to get your history. And I was the one that was making sure everybody knew their history. You know, we just had our anniversary. I just celebrated my 33-year anniversary this past Thursday. And, and I set up a call for all of my line brothers. And, and we were all on a call talking about, you know, you know, catching up and everything. And, you know, some are in the West Coast, those are those on the Gulf Coast. So we're all over the country. And one of the brothers said, I'm not surprised that you're running for international president because you were always that dude that make, kept us like on campus, like focus on our programs and, you know, tell, making sure that we wore like, you know, Sigma pins on a certain day. You know, I was, I was Super Sigma from freshman all the way till I graduated. So they always say that I was Mr. Super Sigma, you know, as a line brother after I crossed. <laughs> what are two things that you've learned in your previous role as international vice president that you think will help prepare you for the role that you're seeking now as international president? I think all the positions that I have served in on the fraternity at every level, really, you know, international, regional, 
chapter of state. I think all of those have really uh, prepared me and made me more poised to be our next international president because you know, I, the relationships that I've been able to establish uh, throughout the years, you know, traveling through all this, throughout the seven regions and kind of learning the different cultures, right? Learning what matters to brothers, depending on where they're from, you know, learning how to really develop a spirit of collaboration within the organization. I think that's essential because when you have a true spirit of collaboration, I think that allows you to come together and, and move as one. You know, I, I think that's an area that we, you know, that we can improve upon as an organization because, you know, I joke about this sometimes, but sometimes I feel like we move as eight, you know, separate entities. We have seven regions and then we have a national office, right? And I think everybody's competing for their particular area to, to kind of advance, but we can be more impactful when we're all together. So if blessed with the opportunity to serve as our international president, that's going to be priority number one. You know, getting us on the same page allows us to really have greater impact. And the way you do that is when we're unified. So my experiences in Sigma have taught me that, you know, the, the biggest key is making sure everybody has buy-in in what you're trying to do. And then that allows us to kind of be able to move, you know, you know, with purpose, you know, otherwise we're just kind of like all over the place. What would you say to a young man who you thought could be a good brother within Phi Beta Sigma, if you wanted to recruit him? Okay. So, so if I saw a young man who I, I, I was recruiting into Sigma, I would first start off by saying that, you know, that I've been observing him and, and these are the characteristics and the qualities that I've seen in him. And, and I would certainly build him up and, you know, congratulate him for having those positive characteristics. And I would say, these are the characteristics that make you compatible with our organization. I would let them know that, that there's a clear marriage there. You know, the positive characteristics that you have, that is what we have in Phi Beta Sigma, and we want you to join our ranks. But I also would sell them on the point that we also want to be able to provide you some networking opportunities and let them know that within Phi Beta Sigma throughout, not just your Sigma career, but through your journey of life, you know, because we have a large network. So those would be the selling points to that young brother. Say, hey, you know, whatever field you're in, I can assure you we have brothers that have gone your course and working in that field. You know, I'm sure there are brothers that can help mentor you to get you to where you want to be. So those would be some of the selling points with that young brother, ensuring that I, I get that brother to, to, at the very least, come to an interest meeting and join our ranks. You know, so, and, and, and if that didn't work, I'd have to figure out another strategy, but that would be my, <laughs> that would be my two minute elevator speech. <laughs> hey, I love it. Last question. Mm -hmm. What would you say to a brother who's on the fence as far as casting a vote in the upcoming election? What would you say to that brother? I, I would say to that brother, you know, first, like continue, you know, to do your research, you know, cause you want to make an informed decision, right? And, and in our website, you know, illustrates all the work that we've done uh, in Phi Beta Sigma. So I have a very extensive history in providing real, deliverable, and measurable programs, you know, outcomes. And I think when you want to elect your next international president, you have to look at the past, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, anybody can talk nicely, rhetoric is great, you know, but I'm a man of action. And, and I, when you look at my service to the organization, Every position that I have served, it wasn't with self-elevation, but it's true, you know, in a true spirit of servant leadership. And I've been able to provide, you know, programs that have been impactful for, for our brotherhood 
and the community. And I think if anybody's on a fence, look at that, look at my history. You know, look at what I've promised and what I've delivered. You know, look at the consistency of how I have been engaged in the fraternity. It's been organic. It's a lifestyle for me, you know, you know, in terms of providing support to my skill set, in terms of leadership and everything else. It's a five. It's a lifestyle. So I would tell a brother that look at all those things, but also look at me outside of Phi Beta Sigma too. You know, I've been tested and proven in other civic organizations. One of my passions is food deprivation. At 18 years old, I was providing food at homeless shelters in, you know, the North Penn Station. And, and, and this past year, we formed a partnership with the United States Department of Agriculture and provided food to like 14 different uh, cities in the Eastern Seaboard. So those are some of my passions. So I think brothers know that Sigma is really about providing real support and impacting communities. And I think that's what we need in our leadership. We don't need politicians. We need people that are going to be true leaders. You know, somebody that's going to have the courage to really speak up, you know, ensure that our organization is is speaking on the issues that impact our brown and black communities. Uh, I have a proven track record professionally managing over 400 people, $33 million budget, always being successful. You know, so I just think those are the things when you look at your leader, you got to look at multiple aspects of their life. And if they've demonstrated success, then that's your guy. And, and I'm saying, I'm your guy. <laughs> so I want, I want brothers to, you know, to feel good about who they elect or when they elect myself to be our next international president of Phi Beta City. That's very well stated. I appreciate you sharing those points with us. So for those brothers who want to learn more about the Sigma Forward campaign, the concept and the program, where would they go to learn more? Sure, absolutely. Thank you for that question. So anybody who wants to learn more about the, you know, the campaign activities and what we're doing uh, be between now and leading up to Conclave, we ask them to visit our website, which is sigmaforward1914.com. No spaces in between, sigmaforward1914.com. We've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got Instagram. You know, uh, I'm leaving one out, I think. But we've got four social media platforms and you can, you know, it's integrated into our website. So go to the website and you can certainly follow everything that we're doing uh, throughout the campaign. You can send us an email if you want to, you know, direct communication with me, any specific questions that you may have. We're doing Blue Room discussions between now and August. And for those who don't know, Blue Room discussions is no holds bar. You know, for the brothers that came in in the 80s and the 90s, real conversation, whatever question you have, you know, you bring it up, talk about it, and we move on to the next question. So Blue Room discussions, we're going to have about three more between now and, and August. So we want brothers to come on and, and register for those as well. But we certainly want brothers to make an informed decision and, and as we, you know, work towards Conclave Myrtle Beach in August. And we're looking forward to it. And I may have to register for one of those myself. Brother John B. Lamont, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us here on Greekly Speaking and sharing not only your leadership experience, but a little bit about your Greek experience and your background. We appreciated the opportunity of getting to learn a little bit more about you. And if there's anything we can do to help promote any of the positive things that you and your organizations have going on, just let us know, okay? I appreciate that, Brother Tucker, to you and, and your team, Greekly speaking. Thank you for providing me an opportunity to, you know, in this platform, to sharing about myself in the platform. It was truly fun, a great experience, you know, dialoguing and conversing with you. Continued success to you in what you're doing and getting messaging out, you know, to the Greek community. And God bless you and stay safe and stay well. Thank you as well. He's Brother John B. Lamont candidate for international president of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. I'm Eric Tucker with Greekly Speaking. 
and we'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great right. day. All right. Go mob. Go mob.